0: some of the top cyber priorities for healthcare entities in the year ahead. I'm Marianne Kolbacek-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Kurt Quack, CIO at Proliance Surgeons, a large Washington State-based surgery practice. Kurt will be describing what some of his top cyber priorities and challenges are in the year ahead. So Kurt, as a healthcare CIO, what have been some of your biggest security challenges this year? And what are you bracing yourself for in 2018? Well, security
1: challenges, I think a lot of my peers would agree, comes a lot from the end users and their behaviors and how to manage That, I don't really see the new technologies and implementation of new technologies to secure our perimeters as a huge challenge. Rather, it's more educating and sustaining that knowledge across the user base to help kind of reshape their behavior when they use their computing devices and and computing software. And so that they don't get fooled by like phishing attempts or those weird attachments or hyperlinks that lead them to malware. So I think it's more working with the end users. A lot of our time this year and a lot of last year, education, recurring education, and ensuring that we strengthen our, what we call the human firewall.
0: So Kurt, with that said, what are some of the top security and privacy goals set for 2018? What are some of your priority projects, for instance?
1: 2018 would be to maintain that trajectory in educating the end users. We also implemented a new firewall to replace our existing firewall cluster with the newer technology and new partnership with a different vendor. So we're looking to really optimize the performance of that device and that service this year And we're also looking to do a more comprehensive security assessment so that all the blind spots that, you know, we don't know what we know. So this will assist us in uncovering some of the blind spots and continuing to be vigilant in how we protect our end users.
0: So now, Kurt, you mentioned user education to help prevent falling victim to phishing attacks and those sorts of things. What about ransomware and other types of malware attacks that involve extortion attempts or other sorts of damage or disruption to systems? Has that been an issue at all for your organization and any advice that you have for other entities based on what you've been doing to try to address these issues that could be helpful to other entities as well?
1: That's an ongoing issue, not only because of the impact it has on the organization, but it is so difficult to detect proactively. And I say that because of the different variations of ransomware that we're seeing. If it's not one form in a few weeks, it's a different form in a different method. So it's really hard to detect. But the best practice that we've implemented here in the last couple years has been focusing on the backups, making sure our critical and primary data are backed up, and also focusing on end user data as well. Uh, because the key here is to, to avoid any ransom, you need to ensure that your data is secure, and your data is safe, and your data is uh, reaccessible by the end user. So as long as you don't get into that predicament, you could avoid paying any kind of ransom. And, and fortunately, we've stayed on top of that, but we're also constantly on our toes because we don't know what we'll face next we might run into a strain or ransomware malware strain that is pretty complex and we haven't run into before. And that may take a little more to mitigate and there could be risk to the organization. But because of the knowledge we have from the last couple of years, from our own direct experiences with uh, ransomware and malware, I think we're ready, but I'm also not taking anything for granted at this point.
0: Now, Kurt, you mentioned some of the threats you had faced this year, as many Mm -hmm. entities in the healthcare sector have with ransomware, malware attacks, cyber attacks. Any predictions for the cybersecurity threat landscape in 2018? What you're Uh sort of preparing for that maybe we haven't seen before or things that are worrisome to you?
1: I was really happy to see the executive order coming from the Office of the President of the United States regarding using a standard like uh, NIST uh, across at least the government agencies, because a lot of my peers and a lot of the CIOs and CISOs in healthcare are gravitating toward standards like NIST. And once that becomes more standard across and things become more consistent and standardized, I think communication will improve. I think collaboration absolutely will improve. And I think even the manufacturer or the vendor, technology vendors will also improve their performances because of this new standard that they would work toward. So my kind of view into 2018 is that that will continue to evolve and my peers and myself will get a better understanding of how to manage and implement the NIST standards across our enterprises a little more efficiently while continuing to educate our end users in the process and, and also reinforcing the best practices from these standards to ensure not, not only guard ourselves from malware and ransomware as an example, but any other potential threats, internal threats, external threats, compromising of authorizations or things like that. There's just so many things that we need to focus on. So I guess my guidance for those that are listening to this podcast would be to never let your foot off the pedal. Just keep pressing and keep punching it because cybersecurity and cyber crime, I don't think will ever stop or even slow down because it's quickly becoming a profitable enterprise for these criminals. And we just need to be, just try to stay one step ahead of them if we could, or at least at par with them.
0: So Kurt, what about the cybersecurity of medical devices and the Internet of Things? What worries you most in terms of the threats and risks posed to a surgical practice like ProLiance, as well as the healthcare sector in general?
1: I think the challenge comes from the ownership. oversight of these biomed devices coming into our environment. Some uh, are managed by IT, some are not, some are brought in by third-party vendors directly into our environment with some collaboration with IT and then some already exist and then some are brought in without the knowledge of those uh, that need to know and then they find out later that they're in and and we quickly go ahead and protect them. But we're getting better, I think, not not just ProLi insurgents here, but I think healthcare in general, in managing biomed versus IT, I'm seeing those two become more integrated, which is good because, like you said, IoT, everything is becoming more IP-based and, and really writes the same enterprise and infrastructure that IT devices do. And if they have impacts, then... IT will have impact. So it's becoming more and more integrated and centralized, which which is really good to see. And then uh, it's not even biomed devices that we're concerned about. Now we're seeing things around security devices, like security cameras, as an example, or are IP-based. So there's some vulnerabilities there. And some of the stories I've heard are from like HVAC and environmental controls that are also becoming more and more IP-based. And they also pose threats and risks. To the enterprise, so we're trying to get a better handle and grip on all of that, and, and obviously it all comes down to how we communicate and how we manage these risks. And then I can see that we're becoming more and more uh, efficient at it. So I guess the bottom line, Marianne, is we just need to continue on this trajectory and make sure you know, no no stone is
0: unturned. Thanks, Kurt. I've been speaking to CIO Kurt Quack. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.